You're listening to Soccer Report Extra with Bobby McMahon and Owen O'Callaghan. Welcome to the Soccer Report Extra podcast edition. We think about uh, number 15, Owen. Owen, you are there, aren't you? Uh, yes, just about. Oh, good, good, because otherwise we'd be in a situation where I'd be talking to myself and the listeners would have to make up their own answers and questions. Oh, and to we it, all so. know that you never talk to yourself anyway, so... No, no, a very that's unique uh, occurrence. totally un- totally untrue. That would that only happen during the Fox <laughs> Soccer Report uh, days <laughs> where... Uh, Sometimes at three o'clock in the morning, and uh, a broadcast in the United States, so there's absolutely nobody listening whatsoever. Um, it's a bit like this podcast. But we're into we're into about week fifteen, and uh, by my estimation, we're probably the r- quickest growing, or the fastest growing soccer podcast, certainly in North America, perhaps the world. We don't because li- we started at zero and we're exponentially growing. We don't like to blow our own trumpets around here mainly because it's quite a difficult thing to do for anyone who does play the trumpet um it's 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 a difficult thing to blow your own uh, uh that's i think it's a musical phrase don't and don't and don't get people you're going to get people mixed up now you're going to get them mixed up between us and the podcast men and men that blow their own trumpets <laughs> that other podcast the, the, the yeah. trumpet specific podcast so talking about trumpets <laughs> Actually, nothing to do with it at all. The deal was finally done. We've had Virgil van Dijk, we've had Philippe Coutinho, and now we have Alexis Sanchez confirmed today going to Old Trafford and Henrik Mkhitaryan going to Arsenal. How did that all happen? What happened between Alexis Sanchez on the road to Etihad Stadium... Where was the fork in the road that took him to Old Trafford? Well, this is a, this is kind of a super deal, isn't it? This is, um, you know, we now live in an age of super everything, super agents, and it's not just good enough to be. An but, agent. but you just don't. Can you can you can you remember? Like I'm, I'm really pushed to think about Exchange, swap deals. Swap deals. It, it's certainly a, of any significance. It's a very very odd, uh, retro sort of thing to do. To be honest. Um, well, I'm I sure don't even they... remember it happening much in, I'm going to say, in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps deals. it happened a little bit more then because perhaps contracts were a bit bit simpler to deal with. But I was thinking this through. The one that comes to mind is is uh, Andy Cole, which was six million plus Keith Gillespie, wasn't it? Yeah, was that really a swap deal? Hey, listen, they've got Kevin that Keegan, got us six million dollars, and we've got deal. somebody in the back here that That's we can throw a, in as well. It's a terrible thing to say about Keith Gillespie, <laughs> flying right winger in his day. Well, what it actually was is, could you just Newcastle? Can you just give us five minutes? Uh, we've got to speak to Keith, but he's he's just in his bookies at the moment. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We've just left him with the bookies for t- for two minutes. What, what's the worst thing that could happen? Oh dear. Yeah, but I was I was thinking this through, and I got a couple of a couple of tweets on this as well, and and you know people question so North American sport and how virtually you know the other way is cash deals are so highly unusual and almost all of it is player swaps, mm. but but you think about it, really in North American sports. Because of the draft picks, the draft picks take the, take the place of money, don't they, in many cases? Yeah. So they become, you know, this player and this player, plus you get a third-round draft pick, fifth-round draft pick, and two McDonald's coupons. 
<laughs> or if it's if it's MLS, I mean, it's like. You, I, but in fairness, you also get the McDonald's vouchers and the Generation Adidas players. <laughs> what? What does that even I'm mean? I'm sorry, but I don't. Well, the MLS drafts, and and and, and I can see the the point for the first round, perhaps, uh, perhaps. But when they start getting down the fourth round, I'm oh my God, I'm just. I'm just zoned out by that point. It's like it's like the the raffle, the Christmas raffle in your local pub, isn't it? I mean, by about yeah, half yeah. eleven, all the good prizes are gone, and you're left with. And our seventeenth spot prize in the raffle is a free pint in this pub. You know. You know. You know. So you know what I've just done. We started talking about Sanchez and Mkhitaryan, <laughs> and we're now talking about the fourth round draft to the MLS. <laughs> Back to Sanchez, how did this happen? Well, there's a few things at play here, isn't there? Firstly, um, you you have uh, a player at Arsenal who, who really wants a deal to be done to signal the end of his career in North London and, and the start of his career somewhere else. Something that he believed to that he believed it was gonna happen last summer, it never quite did, it never quite got over the line. And I think that he, I suppose there was a little bit of a mutual thing, a mutual cooling off. He obviously wanted Man City uh, to be a bit more proactive in terms of of the, of the January, uh, in terms of a January purchase, and Manchester City maybe were not as keen as as they had been last summer for a variety of different reasons. Um, but should they not have been more interested because of the injury to, to Jesus? Well, I think, but Jesus comes back... or is When Jesus goes when, down, you need a replacement. <laughs> Bizarrely, Jesus is expected to come back in December, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the, uh, the last thing I read, he was due back in oh, April. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so many religious jokes to be made here um it it, it, it's good listeners will know we've been away for a week isn't it we're full of zingers yeah yeah sorry about that um but um, jesus to be resurrected in in april um anyway no uh, i think that man city and guardiola um will also have uh, essentially got to know that Manchester United were also making inquiries. Um, and I think uh, early on, they would also have known that uh, Alexis Sanchez was being, uh, you know, that girl at the bar who's um, batting her eyelids a little bit <laughs> and and um, giving all the signals. And, uh, and, sh- and showing people pictures of these dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good thing you said dogs there at the end of that sentence because I was unsure where you're bringing it. Uh, <laughs> modern footballers, you can never be quite sure of what they yes, take photos yes. of. Um, Here are my two spaniels. <laughs> Here are my two cocker spaniels. Um, but uh, anyway, yes. Um, so I think that there was a little bit of cooling off from, from Manchester City. And uh, I, I, I sort of got the impression when you say that, I kind of got the impression, that, and I wrote about this in the Forbes column, it was kind of become a ho-hum. Okay, you know, I guess he's going to Manchester City, so Manchester City will tell Arsenal what they're going to pay, and Arsenal will bend over the kitchen table and go, okay, I guess so. And that was going to be it. And I think, you know, um, sort of Manchester United's taken on the role that City perhaps played a couple of years ago, and... and, and and moved very quickly on this, surprisingly quickly on this, and have spent a ton of money. Um, and I think it, it, it helps the league. But, the, but, the, the, but there is another, sort of another angle to this, so sorry, I'm going to divert it one way and ask your opinion on this. This is the second time 
like the whole, and I agree, admire Pep Guardiola, but you, you sense sometimes this thing's played up too much about his relation, relationship with players. Because this is the second time a former player has basically got very, very close to signing for Manchester City and him, and then said, thanks very, no thanks, thanks, but no thanks, I'm off someplace else because they're giving me more cash. The same thing happened with Danny Alves, did it not? Uh, yes, I mean Danny Alves certainly was uh, was expected to was expected to move and and, and rejoin him and and have a, a really uh, kind of loved in sort of uh, comeback special with him, um, but uh, I, I think that that um, I think you're right. I think that there's a an element um, we like. I think we've we've talked about this ourselves that in terms of Manchester United here. The the Sanchez deal represents a far greater significance for them than it would ever have done for Manchester City, and I think that yes. if Manchester City, at this yeah, stage. If Manchester City signed Alexis Sanchez, it would be just another shiny object for Manchester City, and it would just be uh, you know more money spent, and this is the kind of way that we we uh, expect things to be done at the Etihad, and 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 uh, here's a reunion with Pep, and it's all great. With Manchester United, um, they're so far behind. Uh, Jose Mourinho has to answer for a lot now. Um, there's pressure on his shoulders. There's a bit of a burden of responsibility. And Manchester United love, as we have seen with the absolutely laughable unveiling um, that's taken place right across today, they, they are absolutely obsessed with high-profile players arriving at the club uh, because there are so many other... Um, there's so many other things to kind of uh, delve into in terms of the market, in terms of the marketing opportunities, promotional opportunities, sponsorship stuff, and all that, all, all that sort of um, the bells and whistles that go along with it. And 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 now Alexis Sanchez's uh, post-game career as a concert pianist. Like, who, I said who pianist. comes up with this shit? Like really? I mean, God Almighty! Like uh, seriously? There's even a rumor that the delay, the delay in the announcement was because he was but can, getting can you imagine being the, Can you doing. imagine being that person in the room? Uh, so Alexis, um, just before you sign that, um, we got a great. Plan. You know that way you bring in the the fucking guy, you know the young twenty-something kid, the marketing fucking guru, and he's like, oh, we've got. A, listen, Alexis, we love you, right? What we've got, we've got this great idea. We got to put you down, sit you down at a piano. We've heard you've got a. But what you're going to do is you're going to play on a piano, glory, glory, Man United. And it's going to be you playing it. It's going to be yeah. so good. We're going to get such love on Instagram, Snapchat. We're going to Snapchat all the behind the scenes. And him, he's just staring there with his agent going, what? Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Um, and, and then you've got Jesse Lingard coming on social media, like giving him all this stuff about how they're going to be dance partners or whatever, celebrating gold. And you're just looking at this going, like, you know, like I'm a young guy, right, when it comes to watching football. But this stuff is absolutely just the most demeaning crap that you can imagine. Give me give me the Barcelona yeah. keep you up. Yeah, just... Keep, let's keep it tradition. Like, I'm even upset that Real Madrid, since <laughs> Di Stefano went, that 
Real Madrid have lost that, lost that De Stefano thing. I right? mean, like I know that didn't Pochettino go through a stage where it was like the same, it's like the same generic photograph of the player sitting down signing a contract because in every photo Pochettino was wearing the exact same thing and posing in the exact same way. It was like everything was photoshopped. But give me that over this absolutely humiliating, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Alexis. I'd like you to meet. Uh, I'd like you to meet Carol. That's spelt with a silent Y at the start. Um, he's our marketing. <laughs> guru um you know and he's going to bring you through everything that we goodness did you see all, all that absolute crap when it was bouncing around twitter we think everyone this is the first photograph of alexis in the manchester united shirt on the pitch yes who gives a rat ass really Tr- and truly this blurry photograph of a guy in a yeah. pitch like seriously and you have literally all these you have Take actual like proper journalists on Twitter like commenting about and he's got to wear the number 7 shirt the hallowed 7 shirt and Oh my God! It just it hasn't been much hallowed since anybody since Ronaldo. Yeah, the hallowed the shirt worn by Michael Owen and Memphis Depay. Such Manchester United <laughs> legends. Uh, anyway, sorry, I went off a bit. I veered uh, off anyway, a bit there. So, so yeah, so it's, that's all I <laughs> What about uh, Mkhitaryan, Arsenal? Well, do you know what? Um, you have this crazy sort of situation for Arsenal now, where they lose Alexis Sanchez. Who clearly, um, you know, he 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 was he was over it, wasn't he? In in many ways, you could tell by the yeah. demeanour, the body language, um, and and that he he just it was time for him in in terms of what he was feeling that he wanted to move on. But you have Arsenal in this situation now, where they get Mkhitaryan, who was is going to go into Arsenal with with hopefully anyway a bit of a new a new lease of life, um, you know, yeah. a chance to to kind of um, rejig. Uh, how how you know how he's programmed in in terms of it, it 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 just never really got got off the ground at Manchester United whatsoever. Um, or, it, or if it did, it crash landed <laughs> again. Yeah, like he was so inconsistent. And he had obviously a fractious relationship with Jose Mourinho really from the get go. I don't think he ever really got over that that Manchester derby thing where he was hauled off at, at half time and and just probably yeah. peppered with individual instructions in in what was expected of him and he's obviously a guy that that responds more to probably a little bit of freedom and and certainly as well going by his time at Dortmund and and the early struggles uh, under Jurgen Klopp probably a manager who puts his arm around him rather than wags a finger in his face and tells him you know what he should have done uh, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to find that in Wenger probably a little bit more of a sympathetic voice uh, and, and, and uh, a manager who, who he may just prefer playing for um, but also in, this, in terms of this Arsenal discussion if they end up in this transfer window with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from Dortmund as well and get, and get Ozil to sign a new contract and I get Wilshire on a new contract Suddenly, doesn't nearly looks so bad, does it? <laughs> so, Mind suddenly, you, it still doesn't solve the defensive problems. Yeah, but in terms but of be an exciting team again, in terms of a transfer window where you're probably gauging fan reaction if if you essentially just lose an Alexis Sanchez and don't replace him, and instead you end up that transfer window by kind of replacing him with Mkhitaryan and also adding an exciting attacking player like a highly yeah. regarded European attacker um, who possibly is a little bit undervalued and a little bit underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure what it does in terms of the Lacazette signing and in terms of... I think, see, I think I think they're going to play... I think if they do sign him, they'll play him on that left side exactly in the Sanchez spot and I think you'll start seeing a much more fluid kind of front four um, and particularly um, between 
um, between Lacazette and Abu Niang um, switching spots because I think Lacazette can play across that uh, that support three as well. So I think uh, I think it's interesting times, and I think it's Arsenal fans should be feeling a little bit better. Though just to conclude this, I, I don't think they should be quite as excited um, as the. Uh, were after uh, thrashing Crystal Palace because in reality it was 35 minutes of very good football and then followed by about 55 minutes of pretty sterile stuff so although it got written up in the press as who needs Sanchez um, I, I really don't think that was a full story uh, Just just two words uh, two words that you mentioned uh, on a podcast a, a number of weeks ago uh, Sven Mislintat Yes uh, the Dortmund connections at Arsenal, certainly, yes. uh, particularly if they get Aubameyang as well. Um, it, you know, must must be said that that move, uh, you know, he's uh, he's arguably working some wonders early on in terms of those kind of inner details that he knows about these players. Arguably the best signing of the season, perhaps, hmm. for Arsenal, if he if they can pull these things off. So by next week at this time, we should. Uh, pretty much know what the outcome of that uh, transfer is um, but we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the story of Chelsea and the big man You're listening to Soccer Report Extra Keep up to speed with the podcast and get all the latest news, musings and rants from Bobby and Owen by liking us on Facebook at Soccer Report Extra Now back to the show Owen Chelsea, yes. Linked with Andy Carroll on loan. Linked to Andy Carroll on permanent move. Andy Carroll gets injured. End of Andy Carroll to Chelsea. Chelsea get linked with Peter Crouch. That one goes quiet. Now they're talking about uh, uh, Jekyll, Deco, Jekyll um, from um, Roma. Is uh, is Duncan Ferguson still around? Could he do a job? Yes, he's uh, he's uh, offering some muscle to his big Sam on the bench still, so uh, he's uh, otherwise engaged. But what is uh, this? What what what's this with Chelsea suddenly looking? They were after Llorente in the summer, and they got uh, that one sort of failed because Tottenham signed him from Swansea. But uh, what's uh, what's you know Conte? I guess he had. Uh, who did he have um, at Juventus that had been like that? Uh, In terms of that, was Mandzukic role, there I mean, at that time? But but yeah, I mean, but Mandzukic isn't like plays as, as part of a three, right? And yeah, he's, he's, he's kind not of a, a, he's not a no fashion target man. He's kind he's of not a number nine player. at he's, all. Yeah. No, he's 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 kind of somebody that actually seems to play his best when he's actually coming late into the penalty box rather than there as a target man. And so also, I, I as he showed in the Champions League, yeah, as he showed in the Champions League final, well able and flexible enough to conjure a spectacular strike as well. He's not yeah. just a battering ram up there. So they've got, you know, like I can understand, uh, you know, they've got some players that can put in some decent crosses, but um, I, I just don't. I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around why Conte's so, so focused on on getting a, a big target. Mind having said that, um, you know, Jekyll's a, a good player. He's, Scored goals wherever he went, and you know even at thirty-one, he's probably he's probably got a good couple of seasons left in him. 
I just think that the Chelsea this season, Chelsea, just the wheels have completely fallen off, just in in a variety of different ways. I think that um, they lost Michael Emanalo as 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 uh, from, you know from a, a yeah. really influential member of of their backroom team, uh, somebody who was very very keenly involved in in every transfer um, at the club, and he walked. I think was it November. Um, he, he resigned and, and he yeah. took up the job and at Monaco. Yeah, they went to Monaco, yeah. And, you know, you, you always, you know, it, it's essentially, you know, as soon as he walks into a new job, you knew that he was just waiting to get out of there, lining up something else. That That's how desperate he was um, to, to, to move away from Chelsea. And that will tell you just how... Uh, how strained things had got behind the scenes because Emanalo was was a really trusted lieutenant of Roman Abramovich's, um, and and you know through everything, a, a, you know one of the few consistent guys, um, you know, and 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 I think when when those sort of departures start to occur behind the scenes, you know that that just something's not right, and obviously uh, huge uh, conversation at the moment about Conte and his own future. Uh, and whether or not he's actually going to be th- still there beyond beyond the summer, it's kind of looking increasingly um, likely that that there's this fraught atmosphere and, and that and that he may just walk. Um, so I think in term because you're trying to, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a gauge on on where this is coming from because like recruitment is such a delicate thing and it's you know we've talked before about you know targets are tend to be long term targets because they're part of a bigger plan. Um, but what, just um, thinking through this, what's the Hazard, Hazard hasn't uh, hasn't signed a new contract yet, has he? I'm not sure. There's been talk about it. I don't. I think he's still. Do you not think that like if you're if you're Eden um, Hazard and and sitting there and watching the Sanchez thing rolling out, thinking, yeah, maybe I should just do the same thing. Well, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really sure what what the Chelsea plan is going to be. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of title defenses, um, you know, uh, it, it's 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 pretty horrible. Um, well, it's not Mourinho like, but it's it's certainly the the really from the first game of the season, they've not really been in that position where you would regard them as as a as a real real favourite to to retain their title. But even you know, you, which of course is very difficult to do. And you think back to all those other weird. Details the the Diego Costa. You talk about physical strikers. I mean, you had arguably you the, had the, the most tailor made yeah. Premier League um, combative, aggressive target <laughs> of man. Course. You know, he's yeah, like of a course prototype. He's injured again. At, he's injured again. His knee he is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's either that or he gets sent off. It's one or the other. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it's it's just it just seems to be a very very odd time for this club and when you start losing um those kind of consistent pieces of 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 the jigsaw puzzle um i'm sure that that leads to and it's not just even the playing staff but i mean when those changes are occurring you know players aren't stupid and they can pick up on 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 things changing and whether or not there's a transition coming and I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think you even look at um, the players that that have come in. You know, the likes of Morata, the Batshuayi. It's it's just these guys. It's just not sticking. There's something just not quite right about it. Um, I mean, like you know, arguably, like you know, you you, you put everything in in context. Uh, one of their most um, offensive weapons is is a wing back. You know, in terms of uh, yeah. contributing goals and 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 contributing a bit of excitement. Um, you know, the style of play has has been. But, but they're also um, in the market for a left back. Apparently, if you believe the. Uh 
the offer that's supposedly we made to Roma. Oh, because it's uh, it, it's for Emerson as well, isn't it? That's the yeah. that's the other target. Um, How unusual a Brazilian called Emerson! <laughs> I know, like, come on, really. Not please. a lot of them around. But but can you imagine you're Andy Carroll and you're or you're Peter Crouch, and your agent calls you. And you know you're just you know you're doing whatever you're, you're doing you know, up. getting getting a hair getting your hair done or whatever the things you things you do and the important things you do or and getting like, chased through London yeah yeah <laughs> um, you know trying to trying to not you know bash into things um, and your agent goes are you are you, wait, you waiting for this um, <laughs> Chelsea want to sign you I mean how do like obviously the two lads the initial reaction is to just piss themselves down the phone, right? Because this is just ridiculous. I mean, Peter Crouch playing for Chelsea. Like I, I played for Spurs. But no, but in fairness, I mean, that's got. How, when was he playing for Spurs? How many years ago played, was that? Well, he started. He started with Spurs. Way way back, he was a junior with Spurs before he went to QPR, I think. And then he finished up on the coast with Southampton, and then it was Villa. Or was it did you go Villa? But I mean, you're you're yeah. sitting, you're like, you know, you're and Liverpool. Remember, he's a Liverpool player. Yeah, but I mean, God, I mean, he's best known. His time at Liverpool is best known for a robot celebration. That's how good a striker he is. You know what I mean? He's best known for what he looks like pretending to be a robot. But but it's a classic coach and of stood by this opinion for years and years and years he's a big man who actually for, for all the headed goals he scored actually isn't a particularly good player in the air he's, but he's 36 years old he's actually yeah he's, and he can't get in the, really can't get in the stoke to you. And I just I, yeah I'm with you I just I mean if someone like if someone, don't understand if, you know, if someone came yeah, from. if someone if someone says to you know Chelsea's targets you know if, if they're, they're looking at an attacker and so what's you know what are your plans you know there are other players that you have in mind to bring to the club oh yeah no we, we see you um, dovetailing absolutely brilliantly with Peter Crouch <laughs> what Peter Crouch the tall lad yeah no that that's the, that's our master plan like goodness me I mean come on I mean it, it's there, there was there was wasn't that that great video a few years ago oh <laughs> the, uh, the 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 I can't remember who did that. But wasn't that uh, the Peter Peter Crouch kind of video that, that somebody did? God, I'll have to try and find that. Um, we'll post it up on uh, Facebook if we can find it again. But it was a cracker. But we'll see. You know, well, uh, do you think the, you think the the Jekyll thing will will happen on? Jekyll's an interesting one actually because uh, I've got a bit of time for Jekyll. I think I think he's a handful. He's a nuisance. Um, but the th- what I can't understand is is again it comes back to that original point of just something that's that's just not that's completely off kilter that you know you're bringing players into the club that are are designed in a certain way and earlier in the season that you went to such bother to try and push Diego Costa out of your club and now you now, yeah. now you're you now you're just uh, you know absolutely struggling phoning up every single club that you can think of trying to get a, <laughs> a, 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 a trying to get a physical guy to play through the middle for you like it's a bit it's just a bit weird, and I, I think it's another reminder, you know, that I've probably mentioned this before, that you know everyone thinks that, you know, Premier League clubs or or or, or elite organisations are run in just a really yeah. excellent, perfect way, and so much of it is firefighting. So much is so much of it's like the White House, apparently. Up. Yeah, it's just someone's like you know, um, you know, just someone who's you know who's forgot to call the cab for someone to be picked up at the airport. You know, is that that kind of <laughs> 
Sorry, we've just got a call from our new signing and we've, we forgot to send a car. That was your bloody job. You know, the guy who gets paid, you know, £2.50 an hour or something. Because, you know... <laughs> Um, a but living wage. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality sometimes. It's stuff just, you know, you, you lose a bit of continuity and you lose a bit of, of calmness and composure behind the scenes. And it's just a free-for-all. I think Chelsea kind of are finding themselves in that zone right now. It's, and I think I think the Conte future doesn't help matters at all. I'm sure that the hierarchy trying to probably look at um, the medium to long term and and are probably struggling to, to see exactly how, how everything's going to break down. You're listening to Soccer Report Extra with Bobby McMahon and Owen O'Callaghan. Be sure to follow them both on Twitter. Links are in the show notes below. Now back to the show. And we're into, I want to say quick hits, because we can't be too quick on this, but quickish hits. Let's call it quickish hits. Um, Liverpool 4, Manchester City 3. Swansea won, Liverpool nothing. What does this tell you about Liverpool win? Or Swansea for that oh, matter? Dear me. Hey, well, listen, let's start with the Swansea thing because um, this is interesting. I mean, firstly, obviously we, we talked about Swansea in terms of relegation battle earlier in the season and they changed coaches and... Carvajal is brought in from after 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 leaving Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship. You're thinking, how's he got that job? And again, there's there's been there's been an upturn. Um, you know, all of the uh, analytic boffs will tell you that it's a bit of a myth. Um, the kind of the upturn in in, in fortunes uh, after a, after a new manager is appointed, but you can't argue that what well, they've just beaten beaten once in in six matches yeah. since what's what, since what, he what I find what I find interesting about the people who are analytics on this is they'll admit there's a bounce and then they'll say, well, it'll revert to what it was before. But they're excluding the bounce. The bounce is important. The bounce is you know, pretty much regarded as it happens, right? And More times than not. In terms, yeah, and in terms of, I mean, you know, effectively, what it does do is it, is it affects um, the psychology of, of, you know, and the mindset of, of the group of players. Firstly, yeah. you know, it, it builds up confidence, but also, most importantly, gets points on the board. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you are kind of struggling, most of all, you, you just want a full-time whistle to go and for you to be on the right side of result for the first yeah. time in, 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 in eternity. Um, Sometimes the only answer is to get rid of the, just to, to start with a clean sheet. Exactly. Fresh. And that means the manager's got to go. It doesn't mean necessarily mean he's a terrible manager. It yeah. just means that is the only solution you've got. You've got to give people hope, and so and I'm not. It's 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 kind of like the uh, well, really, it's just money dictates who wins the league, except <laughs> for this, and except for that, and except for yeah. Well, isn't that the point? There are exceptions to it, and why wouldn't you go after the exceptions? Like it's, it's just almost like a technocratic kind of view of this. Looking at the statistics, and statistics show that, so that's what will happen. Well, it doesn't happen that way all the time. There are exceptions. Yeah, and you and can I be think, the exception. And I think, you know, ultimately, um, the Swansea season is not going to be defined by what's happening at the tail end of January. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be... So, you know, in terms of, yes, certainly, uh, let's acknowledge the fact that uh, there has been a swing. Acknowledge the fact that um, I think it's what seven points from from his first four games, from his first four yeah. league games, uh, in charge of that club, which is a, a an absolutely massive improvement on, on what Paul Clement had been doing in, in his final dark days. Um, 
but let's let's see let's see if it sticks and and let's see if they can if they can claw with their fingernails to kind of uh go what it what it has done is it, it's completely concertinaed um and and extended this drop zone now in terms of yeah. in terms of how tight um the, the the bottom half of the table is it's absolutely ridiculous um, Which gives us more, like you, you, you can't discount the beat Liverpool. It's three points is three points. Sure, but rather like three, you know, the L- Liverpool beat Manchester City, then lose to Swansea, um, like that's three bonus points. Now when they play the teams that are in around them at the bottom, exactly. they can't, they still can't afford to lose to these teams. Otherwise, you've to some extent undone the good work. These, the, it just means I think as the season begins to draw an end, we're going to have a tremendous number of six pointers. Yeah, and and also I think it's 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 probably worth um, reminding ourselves that the, the the Swansea approach in a game against Liverpool that that Carvajal put so brilliantly afterwards. Um, you know, yeah, they, on the Ferrari. Yeah, they're like a Formula One car. You know, put them yeah. at, in, in the middle of London at four o'clock. It's difficult for them to go anywhere, even if they're in a Formula One car. Um, yeah. So, you know, that approach against an elite team will only get them so far against teams of, of, of a similar standard because they actually kind of have to uh, go for it a little bit more and they, they, can't, they can't be so, um, I suppose... Uh, careful and and um, you know lacking, I suppose, in, in a little bit of inspiration and and, and for for so much of the, of, of the game, just kind of digging their heels in. Um, but uh, so absolutely, you know, you have to give Swansea credit um, in, in terms of going there. But I mean, Liverpool, this is just you know, and it's a firm reminder, isn't it? It's a firm reminder to all of us that um, that every you know what is it about you know. This this the football industry that that it's now game to game. You go, it's like it's like every team's got you know is bipolar. It bounces from one extreme to the next because after the Man City result, everyone's like, ah, oh, look at Liverpool. This is really Liverpool under Klopp, isn't it? This is just perfect Liverpool under Klopp. Everything's working so perfect. And then you have the come down like this, um, and. I can only I can only imagine what it's like for Liverpool fans to to watch it. I mean, Klopp himself getting involved in it, you know, with fan really unsavoury stuff and a fan chirping at him and, and him responding to it and having to apologise after a game. It's just the whole thing was just not not very nice at all. And I think what it's the first loss um, since the since the Spurs won yeah, towards the end of October. So that'll tell you, you know, how, how yeah. good how good they've had it for uh, for for quite a while. Um, a firm reminder. That uh, that there's there's still a quite a lot of steady work that that Liverpool need to do, uh, and uh, you know that that will uh, that that it will need fine tuning throughout the rest of the season. It'll, it'll need fine tuning throughout the summer, and and then they'll come back and again we come back to it that that there's pressure on them coming coming in for next season. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Moving on to topic number two. Um. Last time we 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 did talk about this, but because of technical gremlins, we didn't get. Uh, a chance to actually broadcast it last week, but uh, um, the death of Cyril Regis, uh, West Bromwich Albion, Aston Villa, Coventry, England. And um, today we woke up to the news that Jimmy Arnfield had died. And again, I think uh, certainly the Cyril Regis thing, I think other people have uh, said it probably as well as we could say it, the the effect he had, the impact he had, um, you know, just the, the joy he played with and how exciting a player he was 
and marked by um, rounds of applause round uh, Premier League grounds on the weekend. But Jimmy Arnfield is an interesting one, I think, because um, here's a guy that I remember when I was very, very young. He was still he was English captain, England captain at the time. So I remember him more as a player and a manager. Um, because he'd moved on to BBC by the time I came to North America. So I don't really remember him that much as a BBC commentator. I remember hearing him um, on the radio from time to time when you could pick that stuff up. But that's probably your kind of recollection of him more than anything is the time he spent on the radio. Yeah, uh, he spent a long time uh, post, post-management career involved in, in the media industry. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm even sure if you if you crunch the numbers in terms of the years that he devoted to journalism in comparison God, yes, to probably football, over thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it probably kind of measures out a little bit, a bit, little bit the same. Um, you know, so I, I mean, his even up to very, very recently, BBC Radio Five Live, um, he he was an incredibly astute, um, very, very understated. Uh, summarizer and 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 color commentator, but you what you could immediately tell is is like those guys of a similar generation, um, the respect that everybody had for him in the press box. Um, you know when he spoke, people listened um, because you know it was it, it's just like that kind of Yoda type figure, um, and it, it's weird. I mean you 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 even think back. Um, even looking at, at his management career, which is which was quite short, but how interesting! I mean, you you, you know, the, the, the he was he was very under. Uh, I I don't think he ever got enough credit, particularly what he did with Leeds post uh, Brian. But the, Clough I mean, can you imagine getting them? Yeah, can you imagine getting them the Champions the European Cup final? Yeah, in terms of oh, everyone knows that story of Clough and 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 the damned United and 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 that how absolutely um, bleak and and horrid and awful. Um, that entire thing was for for I mean let's let's you know you know call a spade a spade. No one came out of that um, with with any degree of of pride whatsoever. Um, the Leeds players, the Leeds top brass, Clough himself, it was just a massive mess. And the man they turned to immediately after it was Jimmy Armfield. And you know to finish that season in a European Cup final against that absolutely astonishingly good Bayern Munich team uh, that were in the midst of of a three in a row. Um, and should have won it. Yeah, you know it's it's and 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 I I think he he stabilised that club. I think during his his stint there, they never got you know they they never finished lower than tenth. Um, you know he he brought a, a level of composure when. You know, you, you kind of put it into context in terms of of of, of other clubs. Around. Manchester United were absolute in absolute turmoil after their iconic manager had had stepped aside. Yeah. Um, and 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 with Leeds, it was just all about kind of just keeping their heads above water. And Armfield was the guy who kind of steered it. And um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's a, a guy who had a who had a, a very good sense of humour, very very warm, great personality on air. And um, a very, very interesting thing, thing to do. I mean, you think you put it into context now, somebody who has played the game and dabbled in coaching to make a decision to dedicate the rest of your life to, to the media industry um, is, is just something that, you know, obviously football re- remains quite lucrative for people who have played the game now and, and you can get your coaching gigs and you can get all that. To actually distance yourself from that altogether and decide to, to, to work for a newspaper and to, to work for radio and, and that sort of stuff. It's a very kind of brave move given the fact that he was still, um, you know, what, late 70s, maybe early 80s when, when he first kind of made those inroads. 
Yeah, and you, you go back to the time in the early 60s, he captained, I believe he captained England in uh, Chile in 1962, and if it wasn't for injury, he would have been the right back in the English team, I think, for uh, the World Cup final. If I'm not mistaken as well, and, and uh, we'll maybe look at this and, and see if I'm right, but I think when they fired Jimmy Arnfield, I think it was Jock Steen that took over. Oh, 1970, yeah, like 1978, if that matches up, perhaps. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, because, and then Steen only lasted a, a few weeks as well before Scotland called after the debacle in Argentina and Ali McLeod, uh, or McLeod's kind of hung on longer than he probably should have, but uh, and I'm pretty sure it was Jock Steen. Well, we'll check into that. Anyway, that brings us into part three, and we will be back with uh, producer Luke, who can uh, tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, um, in part four. You're listening to Soccer Report Extra. Keep up to speed with the podcast and get all the latest news, musings, and rants from Bobby and Owen by liking us on Facebook at Soccer Report Extra. Now, back to the show. And this is where we call in producer Luke to call us on all the stuff we might have imagined rather than got factually correct or stuff that was just gaps in our memory banks. Well, I guess I'm going to give you guys a clean bill of health because I don't think you guys are hallucinating about anything this week. You, really? Not really. Really? Really? We're only 239 pounds? <laughs> <coughs> and and as well, I took a lot of drugs before we started, so the fact I'm not hallucinating is is quite remarkable. So if 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 the president is two hundred and thirty nine pounds, I'm 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 one hundred and twenty. I have to check that bag of mushrooms again. Jesus God, well, it, he's a, such a fat tub of lard. Why can't they just come out and say that? <laughs> <laughs> So, he looks like an overstuffed sausage. <laughs> like a, <laughs> and that's that's me being a, nice. A glazed, an orange glazed ham. <laughs> such, um, a, and such a such a specific shade of orange as well. So so back back to our hallucinations. Because, uh, sorry, yeah. before that, apparently it's because he he, he didn't he didn't have the patience to wait for the formula to take, <laughs> and that's what he finished up with. He's just between his hair and his skin, he looks like someone just applied Ron Seal to his entire body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, anyway. it's all seriousness. Back to you, Luke. So uh, we'll start with um, uh, Jimmy Armfield. Yes, he was replaced by Jock Steen, uh, who was then also uh, 44 days later, he left Leeds to go take over um, Scotland national team. So, uh, uh, Armfield played from 54 to 71. He he managed Bolton and Leeds from 71 till 78, and then he began his journalistic career in 79, writing for the Daily Express. I'm pretty sure, I was just thinking about this actually today, I'm pretty sure I saw Armfield play. And we went, uh, when I was a kid, we went to Blackpool, or Morecambe it was for a holiday, and I convinced my dad to go and take me to see a Blackpool friendly friendly game at the beginning of the season. And that would probably be about 67, 67, 68. So I can't really remember, can't specifically say I saw him, but... uh, I just love, I just love, just for the benefit of our listeners, right, that, you know, you were of whatever age at that time, you were on holiday and you begged your dad to take you to see a Blackpool friendly in the middle of your holidays. Well, Blackpool friendly, holiday's a holiday, (laughs) right? But there's a game on. Essentially, you you were doing the exact same thing as a child as you've done in (laughs) adulthood. Yes, 
If there's a game on, you go to Goodness it. me, a Blackpool <laughs> friendly in the middle of your holidays. Your poor father. Well, at least it was... At least it was a friendly, it wasn't a reserve yeah. game. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Every cloud. <laughs> oh, wow. But that's, that's the story, that was the Bill Shankly story, wasn't it? That he's, I think he's was either on his first date with the, the, the woman that was, his, that was going to become his <laughs> wife. I think it was Nessie. <laughs> he took her to a game. <laughs> I think it was a reserve game. <laughs> she thought she was going to the movies. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, it was probably to see Tom Finney. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, scouting exercise. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 569 appearances, uh, all of his senior appearances for Blackpool, uh, six goals. Uh, also featured nine times for the under-23s and 43 caps with the England senior squad. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of senior careers, Peter Crouch began his in 1998 with Tottenham. And then... QPR, Pompey, Villa, Norwich, Lone, Southampton, Liverpool, Pompey, Tottenham, Stoke. So, yes, you guys were, Bobby, you were correct with uh, his senior career starting with Tottenham. Yeah, more clubs than Jack Nicholas. Hey. <laughs> and he's about the same age as Nicholas as well. <laughs> you guys were wondering about Eden Hazard and when he was going to be hashing out his contract. Uh, it sounds like he has decided to uh, wait till this summer to chat about his future. And apparently he also had to tell his dad, who had claimed in an interview that uh, he had to tell his dad to, to pipe down, because uh, his dad had claimed in an interview that uh, they were actually uh, holding off talks with Chelsea to try to drum up a bit more interest from Real Madrid. So, well, Thanks, Dad. Um, yeah. Well. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> dad, come on, Dad, you're always talking about Real yeah, Madrid. Dad. Stop it. Dad, stop, will you? <laughs> Showing me up. At least let my a- at least let my agent do that sort of stuff. Oh, sorry, you are my agent. Yeah. <laughs> How much do I pay you? Towards the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about uh, you were having a hard time remembering any memorable swaps. Uh, so I was just yeah. digging around and I found a four four two dot com article. They listed their ten most notable or memorable swaps, and the first one they mentioned was Andy Cole for Keith Gillespie yes. and six million pound. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I'll just rifle through the list here. Uh, Zlatan for Eto'o, uh, plus £35 million. Uh, Fabio Cannavaro. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cannavaro for Fabian Carini. Uh, Roberto Carlos for uh, Ivan Zamorano, plus a million pound. Uh, wow. Francesco Coco for Clarence Seydorf in a straight swap. Ashley Cole for Gallus. Hey, that one went too well, didn't it? <laughs> Ashley Cole for, for William Gallus, uh, William Gallus yeah. plus £5 million. Oh, that, yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah uh, that was pretty much straight up, wasn't it? Uh, well, plus five million pound. Um, yeah, well, what's five million? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, <laughs> yeah, I remember friends. that was just because Ashley was just being so horribly underpaid. Um, uh, yes, right. Yes. Uh, Jermaine Defoe uh, swapped spots with um, Bobby Zamora and seven million pound. Uh, and then there's another one here, uh, Ricardo Caresma plus 13.2 million, million pound for Deco. Uh, Matic plus twenty million pound for David Louise. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, and and then the most memorable was Ian Wright for some weights. Oh, what was what was this? <laughs> Ian Wright was playing semi-pro uh, for Greenwich Borough for thirty pound a week when he was scouted by Crystal Palace in nineteen eighty-five. Instead of cash, the Eagles took a look around their training <laughs> ground and offered the non-league side a set of weights in exchange for Wright. This was the first in a long line of odd barter deals. Uh, 
Other trades for players have included tracksuits, sausages, paint. Sausages? The player's weight in shrimps and a freezer full of ice cream. Wright would go on to score 117 goals and was voted Palace's Player of the Century. The whereabouts of the weights are unknown, according to 442. So there you go. But you mentioned one that uh, possibly, and I don't know when the article was done, but Germaine Dufault, I guess we could talk about Germaine Dufault for uh, Josie Altidore. Was that a swap, though? Yes, yeah. Oh, because yeah. it, uh, it was Sunderland. Yeah, because Altidore... It's yeah. an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, that was probably uh, that was the most recent one that uh, of magnitude, I think. So That one worked out pretty nicely. Well, you, you could say probably for both, because Altidore wasn't <laughs> scoring any goals for that Sunderland. Is, that is a good reminder. So anyway, that brings us to the end of Soccer Report Extra podcast for this week. Thank you, uh, listeners, for uh, tuning in. Remember, you're tuning in to probably the fastest-growing soccer podcast in the world certainly North America anyway thanks very much we know you've got a choice and uh, we'll be back and uh, speak to you next week for someone who's so keen to snuggle you thanks for listening to Soccer Report Extra to keep tabs on the podcast and get all the latest news musings and rants from Bobby and Owen like us on Facebook at Soccer Report Extra Music for this podcast graciously provided by Manitoba's hottest indie pop group, Misery Slims. Check them out on Spotify and YouTube and follow the band on Facebook at Misery Slims.